All right. So we're in the book of what? You, this should, you guys should all know this by now. The book of Ephesians. I may have to re look up here. What chapter are we in? Jordan, for some reason, I'm not hooking up. Did I, is this me? Oh, there we are. We got it. Thank you. Just was taking a while. So we're in the book of Ephesians. <clears throat> I'm just going to do a quick review, uh, and then we'll dive into what we didn't get to last week. So let me just also say this. What we had planned for one week turned into two weeks, and this may become three weeks. So I, I told Carly today, I'm just going to take this slow. And here's part of why I want to take this message slow. I believe that the passage we're covering today is vital to walking with God, learning to walk as a new person in Jesus Christ. And so I think it's worth taking our time going over and figuring out a very practical way we can do that so that we can live out the things that we learn. And so we are going to take a little bit of time. We're going to go over it and, it, and we may drag it out a bit, but that's on purpose because I think it's really important that we grab a hold of this and know how to apply these truths. So the passage, uh, the book is kind of outlined in this way. Sit, walk, stand is one of the ways we've talked about it. And the idea, again, is that you would know what Christ has done, that you would live in what Christ has done, and then you would learn to fight for what Christ has done against the evil that's in this world. Right now we're in the live or the walk part of the book. Chapters one through three talk about the wealth, all the wealth we have in Christ. So another way you could look at it is the wealth, the walk, and the war, right? We talked about that. So the wealth we have in Christ. It talks about over and over in these chapters, it talks about the riches we have in Christ and the riches we have in Christ. And obviously that's not physical gold coins we're talking about. So when he's talking about the riches, he's talking about all the spiritual blessings. So something like forgiveness is makes us spiritually wealthy. Being made holy makes us spiritually wealthy. Being sealed for all of eternity makes us spiritually wealthy. We have a lot of blessings spiritually. Then in chapter four, we talked about walking in that wealth and oneness. We've been given a church family here. And that doesn't come natural. Walking in oneness doesn't come natural. If you've ever been in any relationship ever, you know that just being constantly unified isn't always the case. That's just not the way we're, we're wired. But God gives us instructions on how to do that. And then in chapter four, verses seven to 16, Christ designed his body to grow and he's given us each an important gift uh, part to play. And we talked about gifts. If you're like, man, why do you keep going over this? Let's just get into the new stuff. Why do I go over this over and over? Is it, let me give you some choices. A, to kill time. B, to look smart. C, because repetition is important for remembering. Which one? All of the above. And we go over this over and over. So if you're kind of like, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Then I would just, I would just ask you, start quizzing yourself. Try and beat me to it. Like, okay, what was, what were the three words? Okay. We, we do it 
on purpose. And then chapter 4, verses 17 to 19, last week we talked about why it's foolish to walk in the ways of the world, right? And we learned that it's, it's foolish primarily, I'm going to read some review verses here, but it's foolish primarily because the world, and when I say the world, I'm not talking about the globe, I'm talking about, we're talking about those who are in Christ or know Christ or have Christ and those without Christ, those without Christ are in darkness, right? And those without Christ are on autopilot, which is self. We'll talk a little bit more about that today. So that's what we talked about. Let me just read these verses as a review. We talked about don't live like the world is verse 17. This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord. In other words, God's message to you is don't walk anymore as the rest of the Gentiles walk. You used to walk like unbelievers, Gentiles, pagans, heathens would maybe be another way to say that. He's saying, don't do that anymore. That's the old you. And then in verses 17 to 19, the world operates according to dark, darkness and selfish or evil desires. See if you can pick that up here. All these words have a lot to do with darkness, don't they, when I go through them. Futility of their mind. Having their mind and understanding darkened. That's kind of a darkness, right? Like that you don't want that to be. Being alienated from the life of God. They're separate from the life of God. If you don't have the life of God, you're living in death. Because of the ignorance that is in them. These are all darkness words, right? Because of the blindness in their heart. Darkness. So they're in darkness. They're blinded. And then who, being past feeling, again, he's describing the heathen, pagan. And if that sounds like too critical, what I'm talking about is he's talking about those people that do not have Jesus Christ. Those people who do not know Jesus Christ. Being past feelings means their heart's been hardened. And then here you get the selfish part. They've given themselves over to lewdness or sensuality. They're living for what feels good. To work all uncleanness, they're in the business of evil and doing wrong. Uh, and, and I would say this, it's not always looking like people doing wrong. There are a lot of people without Jesus Christ that are trying to do good things. But in the end, the motive is selfishness. I hate to say that because it's many times even appears unselfish, but we can learn from scripture that that is the case. They're living for self. With greediness, and again, this isn't just for money. This would be for anything uh, that just satisfies self, satisfies self, satisfies self. Okay, so why shouldn't we live like the world? Well, one, because they're living in darkness. Um, we don't want to be living in darkness. Two, they're living in selfishness. We don't want to be living in selfishness. And we're going to see it's because we know Christ. So I'm going to open up with these questions. Then we might pray one more time before we get into our new section. What kind of things cause us to sometimes live our old life instead of our new life? What kind of things? There's probably a number of things we could come up with. Habits, okay. So kind of maybe in a, in a rut or train, like our training. What else? Emotions, the way I feel. Yeah, good answer. The way I feel. Selfishness. Yeah. Into our oldness, seeing it, reacting to it. Yeah. You know, I've gone away from it, but now presented in front of me. Like a right, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't smoke for 14 years. I smoked one. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of those things are autopilot, I like to call it, right? Like, you don't have to work to be selfish. 
you don't have to work to jump right back in. Like it doesn't take a lot of work, does it? It's easier. It's easier. It's automatic. Yeah. What else? Not staying plugged in, kind of drifting, right? So it's easy. Maybe kind of you feel like maybe even on a Sunday, you're like, man, I really, this week I'm going to do it. I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to get connected. I'm going to stay connected to Christ. And then even over the course of the week, distractions maybe even, right? Good answer. Any other thoughts on that? Okay. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just a matter of uh, getting kind of caught up in the current of the way the rest of the world is going. Sure. It's hard to swim upstream, isn't it? Good. So let me ask you this. How do we see or, or does how we see ourselves or how we see the world affect how we live? Yes, I think we'd all agree. That's why I had these extra questions. How? And can you give an example? Okay, we should be examples. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. One of the first parts of walking with God is being able to recognize the difference, right? You have to be able to recognize that. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If a kid sees himself as a dumb troublemaker, how's that kid probably going to behave? Probably, right? He's probably not going to be the kid that, like, that feels like a dumb troublemaker that's in there working real hard on his studies and trying to behave, usually. If he's a dumb troublemaker, then he's going to act like a dumb troublemaker, if he sees himself as a dumb troublemaker. Let's say a kid sees himself as a... Uh, an in polite, intelligent young man. How's that kid probably going to behave? More than often than not, you know, you might be able to push the right buttons and get them not to behave like that, but that's probably going to be. Well, it's important for us to understand as believers, it's important for us to see ourselves correctly, not just say, so I could get up every morning and I could say, I am a tall Strong young man. <laughs> and that's probably not going to go real far, right? <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> I just need a few more of these guys around. A bit. Uh, um, so it needs to be lined up with truth. So we need to see what God says is true about us so that we can live that out. We're not just pulling stuff out of thin air and trying to materialize something, you know, that's the kind of stuff you read in, uh, that's a lot of worldly stuff, like manifested, you know, in the secret, the book, the secret, I think that's one of the main ideas is that you manifest these things through trying to, that's not what we're talking about, but we're, we're saying, seeing ourselves accurately according to what God says about us is important for living that out. Does that make sense? All right. Are we totally confused? A little bit. All right, let's pray one more time, then we'll dive in. Father, I thank you for your word, and I do pray that it would just, uh, that you would help me communicate it in a way that would make these important truths very simple to grab a hold of and very practical and even desirable that we would want to obey and follow you. And just that you would use your word to open up our minds and our hearts and to grow us closer to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So today we're going to kind of talk quickly about how or why and how we can walk in the new life Christ given us. So he's basically saying, don't walk in the old way, walk in the new way. So there's a new life that Christ gave us. So why not just keep going the old way? Like I ain't got a ticket to heaven. Why can't I just live like hell and go to heaven? Well, there's, there's some reasons why we shouldn't do that. There's a lot of reasons. We're not going to talk about all of them today. And then the other thing is like, so how do I do that? I want to walk with God. How do I do that? This section gives such practical, uh, I, I love, it's just the, the practicality of this section of scripture on how we can do that. So if you're like, I want to walk with God, but I'm just not sure. I think this section will give you a really good starting place. So one, why, why are we to walk in the new life that Christ gave us? Um, I messed that up. Somehow I messed up my slide there. Yeah, but I must not have saved it. It's here. Here's the reasons why, and I'll go back. Because we're no longer blind, right? If you're blind, you operate a certain way in life. If you gained your sight back, should you keep living like a blind man? No. So we've been given sight. We're no longer in the dark. And we know Christ and have truth. So those in the world or those without Christ, they don't know Christ. They know no better. Again, that's not for us to condemn them and to look down on, just like you would not condemn and look down on somebody, a kid who got lost in the forest. You hope they get found, right? And so the same idea here, we once were lost, but now we've been found. We once were blind, but now we've seen. So let's live that lifestyle. We don't want to live as lost people or blind people. We've been found. And so this verse kind of communicates that. He said, don't live like the Gentiles. They're darkened and they're selfish, if I'm summarizing. But you have not so learned Christ or not come to know Christ this way, since indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So you've learned all about Jesus. You've come to know Jesus. Not just learned about him, you've learned him. Just like when you're in a marriage, you learn your spouse. You've come to know them. That's what he's saying here. Not just you know facts about Jesus. You know Jesus. And the truth is in him. You no longer have to live according to the lies that are in the world. You have the truth. Okay? So that's why not to, because we don't have to. We have Christ. So then how to live the life of Christ? Man, I've really messed up my slides. That's what this is supposed to be. Put off our old self. You know what's weird is I review this and review it and review it. And for somehow, I don't know how I messed this up. But we put off our old self. We renew our mind and put on the new self. So if you had to summarize how to do this, the three steps. And I don't want to make it a formula, but this, what, what you would do. This is how you walk new. Here's what he says, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. You might just say the old me might be a little easier way to kind of like make you're like, put off the old man. That's my dad. Like, what do you mean? Put off the old man. Uh, not talking about that, which by the way, my dad never wanted me to call him old man. You know, some guys are like my old man, my old man. You guys know how some people say that or is that just me there that, uh, my dad was kind of like threatening about that. Like, I better, you better not be calling me an old man. Uh, that's just side note. That's just extra. 
The old me, we need to get rid of the old me. We need to put that off. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. In other words, we need to stop behaving the old way. And be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We're going to talk about what that means. Have a changed way of thinking. And put on the new man or put on the new me. And the new me is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So we want to talk a little bit about that. Those points. So I want to go back. Does anyone remember our gingerbread man uh, from last week? It's hard. <laughs> Did anybody have any nightmares? Okay. Here's our gingerbread man. I know there's so many people that get angry. We've seen this so many times. But what's the three parts? What's this part? Body. Cookie. <laughs> Batter. Yeah. Uh, and then we have this part, which is, I'm going to give you a clue. Mind, will, and emotions. Soul. So mind, will, emotions. So that's our soul. That's the second part of us. And then here we have, and I'm going to make it green for the believer, spirit. So what I want to kind of just make sure we understand is when we're talking about, when we're going to get into more detail on this, when we're talking about the old man, we're talking about this part of us that hasn't yet been renewed. It's our soul, basically. It's the part of us that still has all the old memories, all the old habits, all the old hangups, all the old, all of those old things, Right. When you put your faith and trust in Christ and say, I can't do it on my own. I need someone to save me. I need a savior. I'm putting all my trust in Christ and his death on the cross. I'm trusting that to save me. I'm trusting the payment he made because I can't pay for my own sins. Do you automatically have a new way of thinking? Do you automatically have all your habits washed away? Do you automatically have new feelings about everything? No. So, that part of us is needs to be saved also or sanctified or renewed or transformed, right? So before you're a believer, you have a dead spirit. But then when you become a believer, you have a new spirit. This is the new man. This is what's new about you. And I'm going to take a few minutes to explain this. So. Before, if, if we, someone who does not trust Christ, they're rejecting Christ or they don't know or they're living darkened lives, that would not be a green spirit there. They would have a spirit, but it would be a spirit of death. So picture that black. It's death. It's separated from God. They don't have the life of God in them. So they're separated from God. Then they put their trust in Christ. That they are given a new spirit. In them. That's the new part of them. You know, he says, you're a new, we're going to go over some verses. You're a new creature. You're a new creation. You're like, what's new? You hear you're born again. You're like, I don't feel born again. I feel like I'm still balding. How can that be happening? Like, I, uh, I have all the, sorry. <laughs> There's so few of us in the boat. Uh, anyways. 
so you understand what I'm saying. And again, some of you know this well, and some of you are like, okay, I think I'm starting to get it. I'm taking time for those that might not get it. When you put your faith and trust in Christ, the spirit becomes new, but your body does not become new. Your thoughts do not automatically become new. Your feelings don't automatically become new. Your decisions don't automatically become new. What it takes is for the spirit to start learning, or the spirit doesn't need to learn. We need to learn to let the spirit grow into these other areas to where then my mind is now being spirit operated or Christ operated. My feelings are being Christ operated. My decisions are being Christ operated. And that happens through the spirit. Does that make sense? Are there any questions? Again, some of you guys have heard this ad nauseum, like enough to make you sick. But I just want to make sure we understand. Green did it. Okay, I can move on. So I just want to kind of go into a few more specifics again. And I know, like I said, we may end up kind of dragging this out. But I think it's important for us to understand what is the old man? Like if he says, no, put off the old man, what does that mean? We can say that. I can throw that verse at. Yeah, I can say, Joel, you want to do it? Put off the old man. If Joel's like, I don't even know what that, what are you talking about? Like that's going to be really hard to live out, right? So what is the old man? When scripture is talking about the old man, it's that sin that still indwells us. It's the remnants of sin that still has, is residing in us. I like to call it like that natural man. My animalistic or human instinct is the old man. My autopilot, my selfish human nature. If, you, if you're a believer, you put your trust in Christ, do you still have sinful tendencies? Do you still get tempted? Do you still have, not even tempted, let's tempted, even Christ was tempted. So it's not wrong to be tempted, by the way. Christ was tempted. It's not sin to be tempted. Do we as Christians sometimes have evil desires, sinful, maybe evil, you're like, oh, not evil. Do you have selfish desires? That's a little easier to say yes to, right? It's like, okay, raise your hand if you have evil desires. Raise your hand if you have selfish desires. Everyone's hand goes up. That's the old us. That old autopilot animal instinct. Um, and like I said, some animal instinct is fight, right? Some people, they get angry. And what do they want to do? They're going to fight. And it's real ugly. And then some other people have the same animal instinct, but it comes out a totally different way. It's flight. And, or, and so what they do, they just grow cold. They'll close their heart up to you. They don't raise their voice. They never get angry. But it's just as ugly. It's just as sinful. Whatever that selfish tendency you have to handle things evil or wrong is the old man in you. Does this make sense? Here's some verses. I know it's small writing. But some, some things to maybe help you uh, understand this. My old man, I'm not talking about my father, my old, the old me, or my flesh, is another word that scripture uses, is driven by a desire for pleasure, possessions, and power. I think all of our sin could be summed up in a desire for one of these things. We could talk more in detail about it, but 1 John 2.16 says, 
that is in the world, the lust of the flesh for the desire for pleasure, the lust of the eyes, I want these things, and the pride of life, power, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So if you think, how often do we have a desire for pleasure, possessions, or power? And you're like, I don't want power. I don't want all that responsibility. You might want it in your marriage. You might want to be the one who's controlling things and in charge. You and I might want to be controlling life circumstances, so maybe it is. You're kind of on a little mini power trip, right? Maybe not you want to be head of a CEO of some corporation. A little power trip going. That's the flesh. And you're like, pleasure? No, I have no idea. I haven't struggled with sexual sin since I was a teenager. Well, that could be anything. That could just be, I want comfort. That's what I want to be. Not the Wednesday night. Really, the struggle for us right now, a lot for a lot of us, is are we willing to sacrifice comfort? If I said, I had to say, this week, what have you being comfortable or being obedient? Which have you thought more about? Being comfortable. Okay. Comfortable. If I had money, I'd be more comfortable. If I had a different this, I'd be more comfortable. If I had a better chair, I would be more comfortable. But we're not thinking that much about being obedient. So it just is driven by those natural desires. Okay. My flesh is that world got in me. I said something to Effie. I can't remember what it was. And she's like, yeah, it's like the cartoons when you see the little devil and the angel. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of similar to that. And I can't remember what you're talking about. Um, it doesn't matter. So, so Paul says this. The Apostle Paul is even saying this. And I'm kind of rephrasing this. So it's not the uh, word scriptures, but it's the general idea. He says, I find this principle. That evil is with me. And one who desires to do good. So he's saying, I want to do good, but I find that there's something evil in me. I delight in the law of my inward man. So there's something in me that loves God's word. I delight in it. I love God's word. But there's another in me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Wretched man that I am. And you Man, I want to quit being the me that I am. Man, I want to be different. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, he's saying, so who me from this? Thank God. He answers in Jesus Christ. So there is a way for us to grow to be different. And have to have victory of them living
That spirit, that spirit is the spirit, the spirit of God, God dying in us. Now, now, can you still can you see in mind the thoughts, thoughts, the emotions, emotions, and your decisions, decisions? So, so, so we need Consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law of grace. Romans 8.11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, so it's basically saying that new part of you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in you, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. He will give you the life to live here, and one day will be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Galatians passages. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust, flesh lust against the Spirit. That means the old be desires, basically. That's natural desires. Uh, the natural desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish. He's talking about the same argument, all this talking about is Paul saying it in a different book. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we are alive in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. I want us to understand this we're talking about is possible for every single believer. If you do not and are not trusting in Christ or don't believe in Christ or are rejecting Christ, this, you do not have the hardware to live this life out. When I say hardware, I'm talking about you don't have a new spirit. But you get a new spirit by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And as soon as you do that, you are made new. You're born again. You are made alive in Christ, and you have the 
hardware, for lack of better wording, to live for God and live a new life in Christ. And you can do that immediately. You don't have to, well, if I'm a Christian for 15 years, then I can start enjoying the new life in Christ. We can do that immediately. Sometimes there are people who become Christians and they're immediately enjoying their new life in Christ more than people that have been Christians for 15 years. And Christians who are 15 years are just kind of like living these miserable, um, I don't do this, I don't do that, and I don't have any fun anymore. And then someone who just comes to know Christ is going like, I'm new. And they're just joyful. And they're like, I'm free. I'm clean. I'm going to heaven. And they're, the life of Christ is exuding from them. What does be renewed in the spirit of your mind mean? Okay, so we, in the passage, the way he says it is put off the old man. If we don't get to this, which we're probably not, I'm going to say basically, let me say it like this. I'm going to take, I'm going to slow down for a minute and just, let me give a really practical application, okay? Let's say you deal with, give me a sin. I don't want to be the one to pick a sin. Some will think I'm picking on my anger. Anger. You deal with anger, okay? I know that there's no one in here that really deals with that, so that's a good example. Um, there are a lot of us that deal with that. So here, here's, here's the thing. If we take it and really practically uh, try to apply this, old man, renewing mind, new man, what does dealing with anger look like? So old man is going to have all these tendencies. The natural way of thinking is you're going to deal with anger. I just gave two simple ways. You fight and you become nasty and mean, and whether it's through arguments or fists or whatever, uh, knives or guns or whatever it is, like you got your way of fighting. And if you clam up and just recluse and you don't say anything, you become hard-hearted and cold and callous and distant and withdrawn. Maybe that's your way of dealing with anger. That's the way your old man deals with anger. Okay. Step one, put off the old man. And basically what that means is just stop doing that. And it, I'm not saying you need to stop doing it forever. That's the goal. But for one, just stop in the minute. And so that might, when I'm going to get into this a little bit, what it might look like is the motions come up in Ephesians. We're going to get into it. Uh, Lord willing in the next few weeks where he says, be angry, but do not sin. Anger is an emotion, right? The emotions, you're right there. You still have not sinned necessarily. You have still have not automatically sinned. I have this feeling. And you go to say whatever it is to say. Putting off the old man right there is going. I'm going to walk away for a minute. You let me gather my thoughts. That's what, that's because you're putting off. That's just the stopping part. It's like, don't do the sin. Right? You can go into whatever it might be your thing. Just don't do that. For the moment, stop. Then you have your mind renewed. Walk away. Okay. I need to see this the way God sees this. I need to think about it. Why am I? Okay, I'm, I'm angry because they're not thinking I'm awesome. 
uh, and I'm trying to get them to think I'm awesome and I'm the boss and I'm the God of this universe. For some reason, they're not getting that. Oh, yeah, because God says I'm not. Okay. I'm mad because traffic isn't doing exactly everything I think it should be doing. Okay, calm down. So that you're renewing your mind, right? Right in the spirit of God. And you go like, okay, what does God say about that? God says, I'm not the king of the universe that he is. Okay. Put on the new man. We'll get away from the traffic thing, but something a little more personal. All right, come back. I'd like to talk to you about some of the things. I feel like I have some valid uh, arguments for why I am feeling frustrated and angry right now. Uh, I want to do this as right as I can. This is still really new to me. But can we talk about this? Honestly, I think I might need to wait till tomorrow. Do you mind if we pick this up tomorrow? Do you see that kind of played out? That is putting off the old man, renewing your mind, starting to see things God's way, and beginning to walk in the new man. And you can apply something like that to whatever you might struggle with. If it's like, ooh, I like possessions. I want to buy stuff. Don't go to Amazon. Like, just don't click the button. That's putting off the old man. Don't go into the store. Don't buy it. Or even if you're window shopping, you're like, ooh. Just walk away and just go, I'm not going to buy this till tomorrow. Because I need to have my mind renewed. Why do I want this? Well, because I think I look really good in it, or I think people will think I'm cool, or it'll make me more comfortable, or I just want it. It's so much fun. Okay, does God say I can enjoy that? Well, I got all my other bills paid, so yeah, there shouldn't be anything wrong with it. Okay. And then you make your decision based from there, and then you come back and make a decision based on Christ in you. Well, I really should uh, not use this money for this. I need to be more obedient to what God says and do this with my money or yeah, it's fine. Make sense. So you can apply that to whatever it is. I think the biggest part for a lot of us is denying and the putting off because that's where the battle I feel like is won or lost. If you can just stop and go like, I'm not going to do this right now. Then with, then you can usually and you try to renew, you allow, it's not even renew your mind, it's be renewed by the Holy Spirit in your mind. If you do that, then you can usually have victory. But you, a lot of times we don't want to do that one thing, and so we don't have victory. Someone who's struggling with alcohol, let's say, and they're like, God, just help me to figure out why I'm drinking so much. God, just help me to, uh, you know, I just want to stop. God, I want. And they're trying to do all these other things. I don't think they're going to get there if they don't just stop and go, not today. We're not going to have anything today. I'm going to wait. I'm going to, right? And, and, and some of you guys, you know, my, my point isn't about drinking or not drinking. My point is there are some here who know when they're drinking is a sin. And there are some here who it's not, not an issue. And so I don't want to make it about that. I don't want to make it about spending money. Uh, the point is, there's the stop, renewed mind, see things God's way, make a decision based on the life of Christ in you. The reason I did that was because we're coming up really short here on time. I want to do one more thing really quick on the uh, renewed mind and just kind of make this kind of quick. The idea of a renewed mind 
is that you have your mind made young or give me a new way. The idea is like, I need a new way of thinking. I need a new way of seeing the world. I need a new way of seeing issues. I need a new way of seeing myself. I need a new way of seeing others. So when he's talking about a renewed mind, it basically means like, help me to see things your way. Um, reshape our perspective. And a big part of this is replacing the lies of the evil one with the truth of God. Practically, and this is what we'll get into over the next few weeks, but, and I'm just going to skim it this morning, is recognize and replace. Remember how I said we're probably not going to learn to walk with God if we don't even recognize that we're not walking with God? So part of it is to go like, oh, man, I, I didn't realize this was an issue. So some of you have seen this before. This is a VCL. And this is this is kind of a VCL. This church lingo. It's victorious Christian living. It's basically how, it's a manual. It goes through on some really practical ways to live out the life of Christ. Here, if you can't see this, what he's saying is uh, this is a Christian and just their daily relationships, their daily life. And then they have an incident, whatever that would be. Let's just say it's somebody offends you or wrongs you, does you wrong, literally does you wrong. Not like, I think they're doing you wrong. Like they do you wrong. It's just wrong. And then you have this reaction after the flesh. You have this reaction after the flesh. Here's kind of an explosive. So we'll just say you freak out on them. Okay. And then afterwards, this is the wrong way to do it. You walk away and you're like, they deserved it. They, they stink. I don't know what else was I supposed to do. Like you have no thought of God in it, no new way of thinking, no nothing. It's just like, how else is anyone going to learn unless someone freaks out on them? Like that's the only way people learn, it seems like these days. Uh, <laughs> Carly keeps trying to convince me it's not my job to teach everybody how to drive. And I'm like, it might be. She's like, you can't get everybody to do anything, but I might get a few. I might reach a few with the way to drive. Uh, yeah, I'm like, if I fix a couple, I've done my job. Just kidding. That, that would be this. Is a, that's an example, prime example of fleshly thinking on my part. Um, so I'll get in more into this next week. But the first thing, see in this picture, whoa, this guy or gal does not even recognize there's an issue. Autopilot, incident, explosion, move on. Probably more angry, in fact. They're probably like, they shouldn't. They do it again, they're gonna get double, right? So the first thing is to recognize. We'll go into this next week, but there's some tricks to help recognize it. But then we need to learn how to replace. And sometimes it looks like this. And we'll close with this. This should only take about, 30 minutes to close with. Uh, same kind of thing. You're living your life. And then there's the incident. You have your action after the flesh, your explosion. Same, same exact situation, same exact explosion, let's say. And then all of a sudden you remember truth and choose the truth. And then here you can't see it, but it's like repentance, restitution. So maybe you need to come back and address that issue. I flipped out, I freaked out, I'm sorry, I was totally wrong. And I know a lot of us have done that and, and will continue to do that. That's good, that's a starting place. It's really bad when your heart gets so hard that you no longer even do that. You're like, forget it, I'm not apologizing. But you go back and you try and make it right 
and then you live in the truth from there on out. So that's improvement. The first guy I didn't even recognize. This is improvement. If you do this too many times over and over and over without moving to this next one we're going to show, your heart will go grow hard and you'll have an explosion, apologize, explosion, apologize, explosion, apologize, explosion. In fact, I grew up with a dad like this. He had a violent, horribly violent temper. And he would freak out. And whether it was me or my mom or my brother or some total stranger, and he would have such remorse over it. And he was a believer. And he would have such remorse over it. And he would and he would go and he'd say, like, I'm sorry, man. I'm and, you know, in some ways, the damage is done. I'm sorry for everything I said. I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry this, that. We'll replace this or whatever it is. If you continue to do that without moving to this next step, your heart will go hard and you, you will just stay in either that pattern. But here's what God wants for us. Here's how we learn how to walk in a new way. You're walking down your usual way. You choose the truth beforehand. You're walking in that. You're realizing it. This incident happens because you're aware, or maybe it's even simultaneously. Remember the example I said a few minutes ago? Like someone says something, and you're like, anger rising. Maybe even right at that moment. And instead of going with it, your response is after the spirit. It doesn't even have to be fancy and pretty. You didn't have to just go, hey, can we sit down and pray right now together? I just want to bless you, brother. It can be like, for some of us, it's going to be a little messy at first. And it may be like this. Will you give me a minute? But that would be a response after the spirit, wouldn't it? If you're an explosive person. Maybe for the person who closes up and clams up and gets hard-hearted, maybe what would look after the spirit for them would be just internally to go, keep your heart open towards them, Rich. Just keep your heart open. God created them. God loves them. Just keep your heart open. Don't close it. You need to process this a little bit. Okay? And then, so you responded that way. And so you made that decision. And then you continue to grow in grace. And you're like, woohoo, victory. And then it'll happen again and again. You'll have some victories. You'll have some failure. But then pretty soon you're learning your walk. Just like a little baby that learns to walk, they walk and fall down and walk and fall down and walk. And then they pretty soon start getting more steps. And then even when they're walking, it looks kind of goofy. But they're doing it. You're like, yeah, you're all happy for them, right? You're like, you're doing it. You know, you look like it's so cute. And, and that's what it looks like when we start having that, that victory. But then, then you're going like, man, I got vic I'm having victory over this anger. It's not getting me every single time. And then pretty soon it'll be something else. You'll start having victory and then God will go, no, time to deal with that selfishness. And you'll be like, oh, come on, man. No. But it's a beautiful life. It's a joyful life. And that's the kind of life that Christ wants us to live. Not in perfection, but just continuing to progress and grow in our sanctification. Big fancy Bible words for being renewed. And that's kind of how, can you see why I say like this stuff is vital? This is like the ABCs of how to practically do it. If no one tells you this, it just seems like this Christian-y. Ooh, Christian voodoo, smoke How come I'm not living it? But this is just kind of some real life step things that we can do to begin to walk with God. Let me pray and we'll sing one more time. Father, we thank you for your son. I thank you for these truths. I thank you for the fact that they, 
Uh, your word is practical and real and applies to our life. I thank you that living your way does bring life into our heart, into our relationships, into uh, just even uh, our church, just the way we choose to do things your way. Help us to learn how to do that. Help us to say no to our flesh and yes to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.